Hello, and thanks for joining us for Five Miles Easy, where we go behind the scenes on the highs, lows, and uphill battles on our running journeys and bring you conversations to inspire, motivate, and get you one step closer to your goals. So let's race up for Five Miles Easy. Hello, and thank you for joining us for Five Miles Easy. We are back with episode one of season two. Cannot wait to bring you a whole load of conversations with some awesome guests. We have an incredible lineup. Going to be bringing you loads of tips, tricks, and conversations to help you on your running journey. I'm so excited for season two and to explore all the conversations that we're going to have. On today's episode, I just got back from Frankfurt Marathon, so we're going to have a bit of a debrief on how that went. And then we're going to discuss how we recover from a big race and then how we start to get into the next block of training and what that looks like. So, shall we get on with the show? Let's get cracking. If you want to up your running game with a runner coaching plan, you can get two weeks free with the code five miles, that's the number five, the word miles, on the runner coaching app. So, Steph, you are just back from Frankfurt Marathon last night. And we're going to be getting into all the details about the race, how it went for you. But first of all, how are you feeling today? How's the body? How's the mind? How's, how are you? Well, I woke up quite chirpy. <laughs> I think I sent you a voice note like quite soon after I got up and I was like... 7.30, <laughs> impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely need a bit more sleep. So I, I am tired. Um, yesterday after the marathon, my body felt really broken. I was walking around like uh groaning and moaning my the whole evening but today is I'm okay actually like my legs don't feel too bad like I can walk down the stairs fine which I guess in previous marathons I've definitely struggled with so that's positive but I'm not running today so letting the legs recover just walking around a little bit um but yeah overall feel okay that is pretty good after a marathon I mean I think <laughs> Anyone who can walk down the stairs after a marathon, you've come off pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> so Frankfurt, it, it was a big race for you. It wasn't quite the time result, result you wanted, but it was pretty tough conditions out there, wasn't it? It was wet, it was windy, it was cold. So just talk us through the race from the start line to the finish line. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right about the conditions, but like I wouldn't want to use that necessarily as an excuse for the time. I think it kind of all plays a bit of a factor. Like the, the conditions weren't ideal, but I think it perhaps started a bit earlier on in the race. And then because I wasn't feeling great, the combination of like rain and wind then made it worse and worse mm. to like bat physically battle against those conditions. So I think like it was still possible to have a good day. And I'm, I think plenty of people PB'd, but yeah, obviously that wasn't ideal either. Um, Yeah, on the start line, like, Felt good. My legs felt good warming up. Like I tapered well and um, knew I was fresh. So had no concerns physically how I was going into it. And I came in knowing I was fit and capable of running well. And um, the start line was, was really nice actually. Met a couple girls on the start who were going for like similar pace. So we were like, okay, great. Like there was another like American girl who was trying to do the... Um, 
Olympic trials qualifying standard, which I think oh, is like awesome. two thirty six or something. Mm. And so she was like trying to ask everyone on the start, like, "What time are you going for?" And she was trying to get a pace group together. So that was quite nice. Um, although, like in hindsight, it feels like things like that are a bit last minute on the start line, where you're like, "Oh, what's my plan now?" So you need to still remind yourself, like you've got your own plan you've got your own plan yeah. as well like let's not suddenly be like oh I need to stick with all these girls that I've never met before um but it was nice to know that what pace they were going at um did you have your because you were in the the sub elite is that what they call it in yeah the, they called the, it elite b yeah elite b. yeah did you have your own start and did you go off separately to everyone else or was it were you just at the front of the race yeah so I wasn't sure how it would work, but effectively you have the elite elites who were right on like the front line, but Frankfurt, it's a big marathon, but it's not a major. So it's not, there weren't that many elites. So actually like the elite B, we were just standing behind them, but I was basically like the third row of the marathon. Yeah. Um, they just had like a bit of a separate start in the sense that they get their own like area to start. Okay. Whereas I just did all my like own warming up and like normal bag drop and then had a, was able to like funnel into the start yeah. so yeah like it was it was good in the sense that you weren't in a packed crowded mass start everyone else was behind so like getting off at the beginning there was no like barging which mm. was yeah like I think that can that also, makes a difference yeah it can be quite stressful so that was good it was like a nice open road at the beginning um and I, I mean I guess we'll talk about this a bit later but like Obviously, I had my race plan, but the gun goes and the roads, it wasn't raining at this point, but the roads were wet. And I noticed like literally in the first mile, I was like, my every step, my foot was slightly sliding backwards. And I was mm. like, oh, that wasn't, you need to like, one of my things is you can only control what you can control yeah. and just try and like forget about things that are out of your control. But like things like that aren't things you necessarily plan for you know I and tried to come up with every situation that could happen and one of them wasn't oh your foot's gonna like slide back and I just had to think like it's fine um but I can imagine over a marathon think how many steps you take that's actually it, a lot of energy yeah that, exactly it? so it's like just try and not worry about it like you can't do anything about this and also it was only like it wasn't every part of the road it was just that it was this first stretch I was like a bit slippy hopefully this is not the whole thing um but yeah, just like stay relaxed, like knew the six minute miling, which was the plan, like that's gonna feel super easy at the beginning, not to overthink it. And I didn't wanna look at my watch too much. Mm. Um, and because that had worked for me in a half I did a couple of weeks ago, I didn't look at my watch at all and just sort of went by feel. But at the same time, a marathon, you kind of need to stay in control. So this is one of the things from a bit like, because I didn't have a pacer yeah. and I wasn't looking at my watch, but I knew those other girls were sort of, and I, I was almost trusting that they were running mm. the right pace. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going too fast, too slow. This feels comfortable. But so there was a little bit going on there where now I'm thinking back, I'm like, maybe I should have had a bit more of a solid plan to feel a bit more in control. But I was, I wasn't panicked because it felt fine and comfortable. Um, and yeah went through 5k um and 
missed my drink. <laughs> it was like, great. <laughs> I did not panic because I had planned for this as well. I was like, I've got plan B. Like I had gels on me. Um, then there was water. I didn't panic at all. And I knew like it crossed my mind what you'd said as well. Like I was absolutely fine. Like there was, the, I, I was fine missing it. I just knew that was going to happen at some point. So I was like, oh, well, it's happened at 5K. And that's probably the easiest one to miss because it, it was quite crowded. Um, yeah. And anyway took my gel and I felt really suddenly really good so I was like okay great feeling good um got to 10k and then the girls that I was with they were like behind me but I knew I'd crossed the 10k max you could see the overall time I was like I think I'm about right um from like the paces that I'd kind of memorized so I was like okay I've not it's not like I've gone off way too fast I think 10k looks about right but I'd kind of lost the girls I was with so I was then like using the men and I was letting them pull me along. Um, but I think now the theme is that I felt a bit lost. Okay. And, and like back to what I said, because I didn't have a pacer and I wasn't really looking at my watch, I was a bit like, I don't really know if I'm doing this right. It's hard to judge your own pace. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, am I going the right pace? Am I slowing? Like, And I think there was a bit too much chatter going on with me questioning myself. Yeah. And so I was, do you think next time you might actually look at your watch and do like mile splits? Yeah, and I honestly think next time I would actually like to have someone just pacing me because mm. if I can trust someone's going the right pace, I can just switch off. I have to say in Chicago, that was the biggest change in, in my race environment was just, and obviously you know you can run that pace and I'm in training sessions, I'm quite good yeah. at pacing myself, but yeah. it's that mental energy that goes into thinking about the pace and having yeah. someone do that for you allows you to completely switch off and it's so calming yeah I do a lot of sessions on my own so you're right like I use my watch to make sure I'm kind of on the right pace and but I think when I'm doing it in a session you don't have everything else going on around you yeah so it's just you and the pace and so you you can kind of stay relaxed because there's not all these other things going on whereas in a race it's kind of there's so much else and people are going different speeds and like it'd be nice just not to have to think about looking at the watch but actually if I just had someone in front of me that I know is going to go at the right pace then I can just follow them yeah and I had the confidence that I know I knew I could hold pace for 20 miles like I knew that should feel fine and then you you don't know what happens like you can either hopefully dig really deep and push on or you just like hold on for dear life and work as hard as you can in the last 10k um but yeah so I think after about 10k I was following a few men but I was just like I said I felt a bit lost and wasn't sure I was doing it right (laughs) and I was really trying to stay relaxed like I was deep breathing I was kind of doing everything that I'd told myself I would do and um like focus on my form and everything like that. And like, I felt okay, but I think it was probably between like 10 miles and halfway, which did feel like it went quite quickly. So it wasn't like, I wasn't thinking, oh my God, I'm not even halfway yet. But I kind of just felt like, oh, I don't, I was trying not to check in with how I was feeling because we've said that so much, but like, you still are aware. Yeah. You know, you can't you, block it out. You entirely. can't completely block it out. And I was like, I I could feel like mm, my legs just don't feel how I want them to feel before halfway. Okay. Because, and and I was like, 
even though I knew like in my fitness that I can definitely hold this for at least 20 miles. And at this point you were on pace still because I remember looking at halfway and it you were pretty much bang on. You were maybe yeah, but- like a tiny bit slower than a couple of seconds over six minute miling average but I thought well yeah. that could be the start of the marathon it looked a bit windy and so it looked, uh, yeah it bang I, on. I think that stretch between 10 miles and halfway was quite a headwind as well mm. and because it was like stringing out at this point you had people that were like starting to speed up people that were like slowing and I because I wasn't really in a group as such it was really hard to again know I was going the right pace but also like I didn't want to work too hard with it being quite windy. Yeah. So I was trying to relax. I was like, you can't, you can't like fight it before halfway because then you're absolutely going to die. But it was, but at the same time, I didn't want to lose time. Um, so I went through the halfway mat and I saw it was like 79. So I thought, okay, like this is, this is fine. Like this is not too far off. But at the same time, I was like, okay, if I want to get my we can talk about this, but my it was my B goal to get 240, um, like just under 240. I was like, I need to run now like a sub 81, which I know I'm capable of as well. But it was, can I run a sub 81 when my legs are already feeling like this? Yeah. And the doubt sort of creeps in and you're like, oh. And at, at this point, I think, I, I don't know. I, I felt really prepared mentally, but like, when things start adding up, it is hard to like start battling them away. So I was like, oh God, like this does feel quite tough. Um, and what do you do in that situation? Did you still commit to that beagle or did you actually think, okay, I need to readjust my expectations here and just pivot? Or do you kind of see, give it a few miles and see how Yeah, you I gave it a bit longer because there were a few people that had just passed me, but they weren't like completely gapping me. And I was just like, stare at them, hold on. But like the longer it went on, like my legs were like quite sore. Um, and then there was like a, a a bit of an incline at like 24K. And you're just like, That's I don't want to have to work it to get up. It's not, it wasn't a hill by any means, but you know what I mean? You want it to just be like nice and smooth and you don't want to think, oh, I need to put in extra effort. So yeah, I was starting to be like, oh gosh, but yeah. So I was I, I was trying to work for the B goal. My C goal was a PB, which is 244. And I was like, okay, well, that should be doable. <laughs> so I was like, just keep working. You can definitely run like an 85 second half and still get still get a PB. Um, and then it was about probably like 28K, I think, was when it was a long stretch all the way to the finish and um that's when it started like pouring down with rain I saw that on the route and I was like I really hope that's tailwind because it looked like such a long stretch how so how long was that long straight and it was along the river as well which I guess can get really windy yeah it was probably like 10k or something or maybe five miles yeah like eight eight to 10k um and at this point, and that's what I meant at the beginning where, yes, the weather was bad, but maybe if you were having like an amazing day, you would, because you'd be mentally like, I'm flying right now. You can kind of battle against it. Mm. And like, I've had sessions where obviously it's been windy, it's been rainy and 
you can push against it and still run well like it might affect you a little bit but I think when you're already not in the best place it kind of just everything you feel a bit defeated so it adds up yeah so and what was actually horrific was the rain was going into my face and I don't know why, but it was stinging my eyes so much that I was like running with my eyes closed because I, I physically couldn't see at some points. Um, yeah, I mean, only, it only lasted a few minutes, but it was just like, it was so uncomfortable. And I was just like, all of these factors then like play into you physically, you're probably more tense and everything. Um, so at this point I was like, you've just got to get to the finish. Like, I don't know what pace I'm running. Again, I wasn't looking at my watch. I had no idea what was happening. I was just just trying to run um and I knew Joe was behind me at some point because he was going at I think like 625 pace he said he was going to do he was going to try and do sub 250 and so nice even pacing and I was like surely he's going to catch me and I, I think this isn't like it probably didn't help me but I was kind of waiting for him and yeah. I wanted him to catch me because I was like then it gives me something like gives just a base. new like a new like stimulus like something to keep me focused again because now I'm just on my own really don't really know what pace I'm running I'm sore no matter what pace I'm running it hurts so like if I run slow it hurts if I speed up it hurts like I don't know um so I was just like hurry up Joe like you just need to go and then it took him to like obviously he had no idea um what was going on in front of him but then I think it was about 38k that he came along beside me and he was like, Steph, he was like, let's run together. And suddenly I was like, okay, but he was still going at his pace. So obviously I had to then speed up. And when I sped up, I was suddenly like, oh, I can run faster. And then he was struggling because it was like the last 4K of his marathon. And so because I'd had a few like slower miles, suddenly I could speed up way more. And he was like, just go. And so then like, I kind of went off again and, um, gapped him so like I finished in front although net time he beat me which we are <laughs> a bit mad about <laughs> but yeah like that was really the boost I needed and it kind of reaffirmed to me what I said about having a pacer because I feel like if he was there not to put pressure on him but if he was there earlier like say he was there at 30k I may have yeah, just it could have just that got you thing. out of a hole yeah earlier yeah I think I was so I felt so I mean I really don't want <laughs> this to sound so dramatic but I felt like really alone that I was like because mm. I was just like I don't know what I'm doing um so I was just probably running slower than I needed to not because I was giving up it hurt but physically I probably could have run faster if someone was there like pulling me along yeah that makes sense mm. so you mentioned having your a b and c goals that yeah helped you when things weren't quite going your way were there any other mental strategies that like really helped you when you know the bad weather hit and your legs weren't feeling good and how did you get to that finish line because I think a lot of people who you know weren't feeling good at 10 miles would have just given up and not finished so what got you to the finish line and still actually a really good time let's just say <laughs> 249 on legs that were feeling great and in that weather is like so impressive yeah I think the thing that definitely has got me to the finish line is it's not the first time it's happened and I think with the marathon like it's always an achievement to finish a marathon and like I would never want to drop out and I know I can physically run it even though it's 
the longest race ever when you're not feeling great you're just like oh my god I have so much left to run and it's already painful so it's like it's just not enjoyable in that sense but yeah what keeps me going is number one I know I'm not I'm not going to drop out like I'm going to finish this so so you never even give yourself that option does it no, never cross your mind no not once um like you just yeah you just have to keep going no matter what um and also there's crowd support like it is nice like you you might be in pain and not necessarily enjoying your own experience but like it's still an experience so yeah I think that's definitely what gets me to the end um and in terms of mental strategies I'm going to refer to my I brought my notepad with me <laughs> I love it. This is exactly what I do before the race as well. I write like I've got my pages pencil. and notes and like yeah. plan my whole race. Yeah. <laughs> so the title of my page I wrote, Have Perspective. So this is something we kind of spoke about, I think in the Q&A episode where, I think it was when I was talking about socializing as well. There's just like so much else going on in life where running, even though it might feel like a big part of your life, it's still only a small it's just running. It's just running. And like, there's so many other good things going on in your own life. And there's so many awful things going on in the world as well. So it's like, actually, how lucky are we to be able to do this? Um, and it is just running. Um, so yeah, I had my plan A, B and C. So plan A was six minute miling or faster. Plan B was sub 240 which would have been like 607 so it's only a bit slower but it's just like to have a bit of a buffer and then plan c was a pb i didn't write plan d but that would just be to finish so like tick that one um and then i said except it might not go to plan but that's okay don't panic it doesn't need to be perfect so like i don't think at any point i panicked because i knew i would always finish and i was like you know what like i'm giving it my best shot like what I can I'm only doing what I can do um and I wrote then if so I had like scenarios I was like if the pace slows focus on your cadence and form and I did that like fairly early on I think in that sort of 10 mile point to like maybe uh probably when the rain started hitting I was very much focused on that just to like don't don't give up um if you miss a bottle, you've got your backup plan, you can grab water, you've got gels on you. Um, I wrote, if it's windy, tuck in. I tried to do it, but it was kind of hard because I didn't have a group. Um, and then I also wrote down like reminders of like my training as well. So um, that I did a three hour time on feet session that felt really controlled. And I went through the marathon in three, sorry, not three, 2.51 on that. So um I was like, if I can go through the marathon 251 and carry on, then I can obviously go faster, which I mean, I did yesterday, but not by much. Um, and then multiple sessions on high mileage. I didn't miss a session, uh, made loads of gains psychologically, nutrition wise, um, PB'd in the half a couple of weeks ago. So these were all just like kind of reminders to me, like just believe in yourself. Um, and then I also wrote like, are there any worries that I've got? And I, one of my worries was the pace feeling hard. And then, so I had like focuses of just get to your next drink. So that was kind of breaks it down every 5K, focus on the person in front, count in your head, um, focus on your form, uh, remind yourself you can hold this pace, relax, breathe deeply. Um, 
So those were kind of like the notes that I wrote down, which really helps like writing all that because it does keep it kind mm. of in your mind. Um, yeah, and I, I always say like it, I have to write it down so I don't have the option of thinking of anything else in the race. Yeah. Because if you give your mind the option yeah. to just think about whatever it wants, yeah. then you know, if, if something goes wrong in the race or you're not feeling great, it's going to go straight to negative thoughts. Whereas yeah. if, as you've done, write down exactly where you're going to go, mm-hmm. when X happens, I'm going to think about Y, then you yeah. don't even have the option of doing anything else, which yeah. is so helpful. Yeah. So I think that all really helped, but I do think that I just, there's still obviously stuff I have to work on. And I think... I wasn't prepared for like, I mean, we've already said this, but like not having anyone there with me. Yeah. Having a lonely race. Yeah. And it's not lonely because there are people around, but it's still lonely. (laughs) So, and I think I had a really good race two weeks ago at the Oxford Half. And even though, again, it wasn't like someone was pacing me, but because I was lead woman, there was a bike. And he wasn't mm-hmm. pacing me at all because there must have been strict instructions. He was like kind of changing pace and like being it gives very... You something to focus on. But it gave me something to focus on so much that I was like, I can't... I was like, I felt really good anyway. So I was feeling really positive, really in control. But it was a really good focus because I was like, don't drop back because he'll have to drop back. So it kind of just like pulled me along a bit. Um, and that gave me that focus. Whereas I just didn't have a focus, a, like a visual focus Mm. yesterday and that's what I think made me feel a bit lost and I didn't really prepare for that which is actually a weird situation I think a lot of people would think that being at the faster end of the race and the elites and the sub elites you it's kind of a problem I think people don't necessarily think about yeah and actually it does bring a whole different dimension to racing and you know some London marathon like the elites are by themselves for the last 10, mm-hmm. 12K, and it does become a completely different race. Yeah. But you've had you've had such a good training block, and I know, you know, you were in the shape of your life, and it wasn't quite the time you wanted. How did you deal with that afterwards? Like, what did, what did the moment after the race look like? What did the afternoon look like? And I guess, how are you, like, reflecting on it now and going forward? Yeah, I mean... I think I could almost sort of come to terms with it during the race because I was like, okay, I know that I've not got the time. So by the time I crossed the finish line, because Joe had actually like pushed me at the end, I was like, oh good, good. I've got under 250. I probably wouldn't have done that if he hadn't been there because it actually just gave me that boost. And I like, I went way faster for like the last 2k which so I was really happy with that but yeah I obviously crossed the line like this isn't how I was kind of envisioning this day to go um but I was just so like sore (laughs) because it's still a marathon and I think even when you don't run the time that you want because you've gone off at the pace that you were wanting to run and then like something's happen like so there's so much stress that goes on in your body Mm. that it can still feel so sore even if you've obviously still worked really hard yeah to get to the finish line whereas like say I'd run 249 completely even splits I'd probably feel a lot more relaxed and better so it's like it's really weird thing because it's like you could run the same time but in a completely different way and feel so different at the finish um but yeah because I felt sore it was like I was just like oh my god like that was just 
hard like marathons are just brutal <laughs> um and it's hard to get them right but I think when it does go right like had your experience you found it almost not easy but like it was like it was the easiest race you've done because it was just so smooth and enjoyable um whereas it's quite hard to get that right and to have that experience so for me it was painful and I don't know like I I, I wasn't beating myself up because I just felt like I couldn't have I felt like it I didn't know what happened from that to happen. Mm. And Do you, you know what I mean? It's not like I felt like it was there. You did yeah. everything you could. So there's no point beating yourself up. You need to, it's actually the time you need to like be compassionate towards yourself. And yeah, you know, if you just hadn't tried, well then, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. give yourself more time. But you did, you gave it absolutely everything. Yeah. And the, as you say, there were a lot of factors which were out of your control. You're having a lonely race. You're not having a group, which is just luck. You know, mm -hmm. if there had been like four or five guys who were pacing it consistently go for that time, it could have been yeah. a completely different race experience. Yeah, I did actually ask a couple guys during it. I was like, what pace are you going? And one of the guys was like, he looked at his watch and he was like, I don't know. I like, <laughs> okay, I was kind of like trying to find someone because anytime a guy would be alongside me, I was like, okay, maybe they're going my pace because he's alongside me. And, and then like, I just never really found someone that was like, running smoothly so it was just a bit like yeah there was just so much going mm. on where you couldn't fully relax so I feel like one of those things it's great if you find that mid-race it's hard to do you almost need to plan for it yeah um and I think that's the thing with the marathon as well is unless you're like racing it in terms of to become a position the marathon is often a time trial yeah so that's why it, it's a different focus to other races where as we're talking about like having that visual focus, I think sometimes when you're actually racing to win or come a certain position, you already have that focus because you're like, right, I want to beat that person. You know where you are. Mm. Whereas when you're doing a time trial, you need something else to keep you Yeah, it's a long way to go. Just thinking about time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, but sorry, I think we went off tangent there. But to answer your question, yes, I was disappointed and annoyed, but I think I just had to remind myself that it's been a really good block. I PB'd in the half two weeks ago. Like, it's not a reflection of my fitness. It it reminds me there's a few things that I still need to work on and I can improve, but... That would be the case whether it went up well or not, right? Oh, of like course. Because always things we can work on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think it just gives me... It's not demotivating for me because I'm still... I know my body's still in a really good place and, like, there's just so much there. And I think that half two weeks ago made me really excited just to race more and like mm. and you did that more. pb of mm. like not really tapering and mm -hmm. you weren't really necessarily going for a pb were you just kind of ran it and yeah. it happened which shows like what great shape you're in yeah I wasn't I didn't I knew I was probably in pb shape but I didn't want to put that pressure on myself so I was just like I'm just gonna run it hard and like yeah as you said like I it, I didn't really taper for it it was just more let's just just go for it and that can help as well because there was no pressure yeah I think it, that's still a thing for me it's like all focuses on Frankfurt it does really kind of feel like right you've got to get this yeah. right that's a really hard thing about the marathon yeah. because you can't just go and do another one straight yeah away exactly so I mean there's little things like that where you're like right it, 
it does feel more of a nerve-wracking experience whereas like before Oxford Half I was very kind of relaxed about it wasn't thinking about it and Mm. I kind of want to be able to have that mindset for a marathon as well and just like just go do one next week and then (laughs) I don't know I think like it would almost be better that way um but you mentioned the taper as well and that's like another thing I don't know it's so hard to know what's right because after weeks of high mileage of course you want to taper and feel a bit fresher but at the same time everyone's race it like everyone can perform well of like different amounts of taper as well and when I ran my my, my fastest marathon I take I did taper but like it was still fairly not a big week but like it was still kind of a normal-ish week Mm, okay so do you think maybe you tapered too much and then Oxford I think every time I race well it's almost like I've kind of trained fairly normal and then maybe had an easy day before or two days before and then like that's all my legs needed just to be like right you're you're fresh and it's almost like you're going into a big session Mm. and you can do it really well so yeah that's another thing I was kind of thinking like did do my legs like recover so much that suddenly they're really fresh which is obviously great but then it means that earlier on into the race they're kind of like uh, they seem to seize up a bit quicker than Mm. they would in a session where I have a bit more fatigue in them I don't know the science behind that but it's just yeah it's one of those things that I I think about because that's happened a few times yeah interesting yeah so this week what's it going to look like for you in terms of you know are you going to take a good break still how are you feeling about like getting back into running and what's that process gonna look like um I think with after a marathon like it's obviously so important to recover like you've had really big weeks leading up to it and the actual day itself takes so much out of your body but I think it's also important just to like kind of listen to your body as well so today like I'm not I'm not going to run today at all um but I think I'll still like walking is going to help like your legs recover and I'll just take it day by day like if I feel like I can go for a little easy jog then I probably will because movement like getting your blood flowing is definitely yeah. going to help um and I I also find that sometimes when you've not had a race go your way you're kind of like I just want to get back into training now. Mm. Whereas like if it's if it's been amazing, you kind of feel like, right, I can reward myself with this time off because I know like job done. Um, but yeah, I think it's also being sensible. Like, I don't want to risk getting injured now. Like I've had a really good block. Um, I'm not going to rush back into like doing sessions or anything this week. Um, but just take it day by day and just maybe do a few little jogs and yeah. yeah. You're right. I think as well, having the taper always, I get really excited for having a break after a marathon. Mm. I I love training and I love marathon training. Yeah. But you know, when you're at the end of a block and for Chicago, it was like a long block for me as well. Yeah. And in the, there were a couple of times in the last like few weeks and I was like, I am excited for <laughs> having a break and also just, you know, doing some other things yeah. and taking it a bit less seriously. And then you do the taper and it feels like you've had a break. Yeah. And after Chicago, I was, I did have, I had a, a, well, 10 days in the States afterwards as holiday and that was really fun. Yeah. But I think after that, you know, I'd had like a bit of a blowout in America and no structure at all. Not a, mm. you know, we weren't 
going out every night, but just eating out in restaurants every night, not having the structure, some late nights. Yeah. And then by the time I got back, I was like, I cannot wait to have the structure. Yeah. I want to be boring again. I want to get back to training and like back to my healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So I think it's funny, like how quickly the desire to have a break wears off. And now I'm at the stage where every week, like my coach is holding me back. And he sends me a plan. I'm like, can I do more? Can I do more? <laughs> He's like, no, ease back into it. And I just want to be back, like, yeah, doing my long runs and doing my sessions. Completely relate. But it's hard to, I think, what you said about the difference between having a good race and a bad race. This time, I've like felt, I feel so motivated to get back into training because it's been good, and mm-hmm. now I'm excited to see what else I can do with another yeah. good block of training. But I am so aware that it's so important to take that break. And even though I actually didn't feel beaten up after Chicago, I felt like the best I have after a race. But again, that makes it almost more difficult because you think you can go back to training, whereas my body obviously does still need the break. Yeah, yeah, So it's just being so sensible and so restrained and not going crazy and trying to get back into it too soon which is difficult yeah it must have also helped the fact that you're away and you had a little holiday afterwards can help you have the break I think sometimes when you're at home so for me now this week I'm like well I'm just living my normal life (laughs) working like I want to go out and run but um yeah so it's kind of harder then to hold yourself back whereas I guess when you're on holiday you've got all these distractions and you're you're kind of getting the joy from something else Mm. Um, although I also love running on holiday yeah it's such a good way to see places so (laughs) yeah we did actually run a bit but I also had Charlie so it was quite nice he I can then run with him and it's a bit slower yeah. and a bit shorter but it's such a good way of seeing places. <laughs> I know it is but yeah I guess it it you can kind of take yourself away from having the structure of it. Yeah. You just enjoy running exactly. for running rather than like training hard. Yeah. How yeah. soon will you run? I don't know. I probably I'll <laughs> I'll see how I feel tomorrow. <laughs> I, I sound crazy, but I, I still, I'll see how I feel tomorrow. I feel like I probably, if my legs, my legs feel okay today, but I'm being very strict to myself. Definitely not today. I'll probably just head out for like 15 minutes tomorrow. Yeah. Because I do it's think really it helps easy. as well. Um, and yeah, if you're not feeling beaten up, it's not like I'm going to go out tomorrow and do like my normal Tuesday session, you know, like 15 minute jog is 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 nothing yeah <laughs> um like compared to a normal week so yeah and just see how it feels if it doesn't feel right then give it another day and you know just take it easy just no pressure so now that you've had a few weeks where you've enjoyed a bit of easy running now you're back here you're into some structure again how does that return to training look like and what are you next what are you training for next so and how does that look it's definitely it's I mean it's the start of I say a block but I don't actually have any firm plans on what I'm training for which Mm. I actually find quite hard yeah because I've had so long of working towards a set goal of Chicago and now I I mean I'm going to race in spring but I actually don't know what I'm doing Mm. I don't know if I'm doing a marathon I don't know if I'm doing halves So it's a bit of, I think the next few weeks is just kind of getting back into it. 
but I do find it hard to not have a big goal and yeah. I'm definitely ready for another big goal but the first few weeks is is as I said it's it's pretty gradual process and it is just getting back into it um building up my mileage quite slowly and building up the sessions quite slowly so mileage to, I was in my Chicago block I was kind of doing like 95 to 100 miles a week pretty consistently for more than eight weeks before the race I took that right down after the race I mean the week after the race I think I ran like 25 miles or something it was yeah not a lot at all and then just gradually building that up so last week I did 70 this week will only be kind of 80 which considering I'd done you know I've been used to that high mileage and like 20 felt fine miles. with it yeah it's it feels like not that much, mm-hmm. but um, that's one thing my coach has been very strict on last week. He was like, he was like, no more than 70. That is the rule. <laughs> so just trying to build things up really slowly. And this is the time when it's like, just focus on making sure you're fully recovered because the hard work will come mm-hmm. and you need to be ready for it. You need to be recovered for it and not injured. So those are, those are kind of the things to focus on. Um, and then the sessions, again, they feel so short after doing marathon training. So I just had a fart look and um, it was like half an hour of <laughs> running. Um, and then some 200s. Those are my sessions last week. So yeah. they were so short. But it was it was just nice to get back into that routine and get the body back to running fast. And I have to say, actually even the fight like felt quite hard. I was, gonna, was so I was going short. to ask that. I was going to ask, did you want to, because they were shorter than you're used to, did you feel like you wanted to carry on or you were satisfied and happy? Like, this is a nice short session. I definitely don't want to do anymore. Before <laughs> I said I wanted it to be longer. Yeah. And then during it, I was like, oh, this, <laughs> this does not feel as good as I was hoping. Yeah. But um, I suppose that's to be expected after what is essentially... <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much like four to five weeks break just with a marathon in there. Mm-hmm. So the legs are going to feel a little bit rusty. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this week is is just a kind of bit of a progression on that. Um, I think I've got another part like an, what, a short track session. So just building back really slowly. And it's also my time to focus on, I do a bit more in the gym, a bit more strength and conditioning, kind of revamp my program and like work on, anything that I felt was a weakness in the last block Mm -hmm. but you don't want to be changing things at the business end of a marathon build yeah so I actually review like my whole S&C program with my physio and incorporate some new exercises and like for example one big thing for me is working on my foot and ankle strength okay and again it's like something I've never done so I didn't want to start that at the end of the marathon but I definitely knew I needed to do it. So that's yeah. when I'm implementing all of these things and changing things and seeing what works. And it's a bit lower risk because I'm not doing the the volume in the big sessions. So it's not going to like mess those up. Yeah. If it doesn't go well. Is there anything else when you were reflecting on the marathon that you felt like this is something else I could work on? Oh, I had like a page <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> of things I could work on. But I think, and I think that's the thing going back to like, even when you have a good race, yeah. it's like so much I feel like I can still improve on. Yeah, and you always want to do better. Like you PB and you're like, okay, well, now that's my PB. How do I get another PB? <laughs> yeah, I think a big one for me is the, I guess, half marathon pace. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard this in a lot of 
well, a couple of podcasts have been talking about Chicago and everyone's been like, yeah, she only ran like 70, I say only, ran 70 minutes in the big half, which I think for most people probably wouldn't equate to a 223 marathon. No. But genuinely the big half felt harder. And I don't know if I just, it was in a marathon block. I didn't taper as much as I probably wanted to for it. And maybe I just didn't have like, didn't feel as good on that day for some reason. Yeah. But I really want to work on that end of it. And I think that will also help me in the marathon. And that's the only half marathon you've done in what, like a few years, right? So yeah, it was you're a only looking, you, but you're only looking at that half marathon time in isolation. There's nothing to compare it to. So say you'd done three half marathons in the last few months, then you would gauge a bit more like what your half marathon standard is. That's true. Because you're thinking, okay, it's 70 minutes, but actually if you'd had another couple of races, what if it was 69? Like you don't, you don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely think that like, range is something I need to work on yeah um nutrition again not something I've really tapped into that much and it's a big one I think I can really work on that um I kind of started I did a little bit when I partnered with fresh fitness food and had a full meal plan and I actually found that so helpful and I think it really opened my eyes to like just learning a bit more about nutritional content of food not yeah. so I'm not conscious of it obviously I eat healthily anyway yeah but it definitely made me realize like how much I could improve on that side of things when previously I thought, well, I eat well, it's fine. And that's, I don't need to do anything more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. And yeah, I mean, I think race fueling as well. I mean, my race fueling did not go to plan in, <laughs> in Chicago and thank God I, <laughs> my stomach was okay. Cause I took on about three different types of nutrition, <laughs> but that aside, I think working on just like getting the carbs up is always something you can do and is always going to help. Yeah. So, I mean, there's tons. That's, yeah. That, I mean, well. so that race nutrition one is something I learned so much during the nutrition work that I've been looking at for this block and how, how many carbs you actually need per hour it's absolutely mental. Like yeah. those are huge changes that I made. Cause I thought I was like, I take on all these gels, like that should be fine. But actually like, it's just not enough. Yeah, uh, it's, it's mind blowing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that'd be really exciting to see how all of those changes can translate into future performances for you. Yeah, we'll see. So I think that's a wrap on episode one of season two. A bit of a catch up on our running antics over the last few weeks. Yeah. And yeah, very excited on what's to come. Thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy. See you next time.